part of our Plinko statement, a mission statement, if you will. For this podcast is endearing and revealing conversations about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. In the first seven minutes of this episode, we have an endearing conversation about parenting, step-parenting. Donna is a bonus mom to Will, my 23-year-old son from my first marriage. Donna has raised Will as a bonus mom since he was in kindergarten and done a better job than any father could ever ask for. If you or someone you know is in the role of bonus parent, direct them to this episode of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. To hear Donna offer some seasoned advice and offer up a couple of things that, looking back, she would have done differently. Tyler Hubbard is the Georgia half of country duo Florida Georgia Line. Since the FGL breakup, Tyler Hubbard has launched a solo career and he's wiped the slate clean with a new record label and new management. If offered $1 million to reunite with BK for a private show at a wedding, do you think Tyler says he'd be in or out? And country star Josh Turner joins us for this episode, episode 279 of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act. Get asked every now and then, why is it called My Second Act? Because after an entire career in Atlanta Radio, podcasting became my second act in January 2020. Podcast, we talk about current events, conversations you're already having with your family, your friends, and your coworkers, current events and pop culture and trends, country music things and the headlines, and often endearing and revealing conversations about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. Um, my name is Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife. Okay, you Donna. lost you lost me there for a minute because it just kept going on and on and on and on and on. I think that every now and then it's okay to supplement. I like that the Plinko statement about the podcast and what we're about. That, that's what drives me crazy about podcasts. Yeah, that I listen to occasionally. I don't listen to many. Do you, tell me what you're about in the first fifteen seconds. What am I getting ready to listen to? But do you go into podcasts blindly? Like, don't you know what you're not about to listen? What to? if it just rolls into one? Do you not have those like in your no? Okay. I only I like I have my library and there's like the ones that I listen to. I, I think it's important. Like what are the okay. podcasts you listen to? Should we go over our podcast? Uh no. Okay. I've been listening to this Rich Roll podcast really good lately. Anyway, okay, so we all right. Yes, that is the change that you were jingle jangling. My granddaddy used to do this. Yes, because you well, had I can get you a core. You had to go where? Laundromat. The laundromat. I've not been to a laundromat since college. Yep. I went to a laundromat when Charlotte was like in fourth grade because we did not have a washer for a week. And yeah, so here's what happened. It's been, um, it's been like a lot of stuff going on in the old Cadillac Jack, Donald Jack household. So we were, um, our air conditioning had a little issue. We got that back up and running. Roof. Our roof has a little issue. They're scheduled to do that next Friday. Um, and... Then all of a sudden, our clothes were sitting in water. And I told you, I went onto the YouTube and I self diagnosed what was going on. And it was an unbalanced tub. Well, it wasn't. Tub. It, wasn't. Mm, well, well, it was okay. a drum. It was an unbalanced drum. Okay. All right. I guess I'm, yeah, you're right. So I thought that maybe we just needed some belts. And um, Do we know that the drum has belts. Well, I don't know. I just watched this thing on the YouTube. But come to find out, we need a whole new washing machine. Well, but it was tied to the drum, actually. So you were, you were kind of there. Yeah, here's the problem. The drum had been had burst, busted something. Yeah, so I used to have these really fancy front loader washing machines that match. They, I've had red ones. I've had black ones. I've had every kind of color. And then after having three kids and massive amounts of laundry, to the point that the washer and dryer literally never stop, 
I just started getting the ugliest, cheapest, cheapest top loaders. And if you've ever had anybody work on your appliances, they'll tell you, get the ugliest, cheapest top loaders. Because you basically need like workhorse washing machines. And you know how like when you're looking at a washing machine, you're like, well, that one's kind of nice, but it didn't have all like the bells and whistles. How many of those bells and whistles do Do you you ever use? use? Yeah. Yeah. You use like four cycles. Four cycles, if you're lucky, because you just are trying to keep it moving. At the laundromat, it was like, do you want, are you doing whites or colors or, I'm doing all all of the above. I'm mixing it all together. I did that. I did that. So, um, we had to get a new washing machine, and with the new world order with supply chain, it's really hard to get appliances. So, we have been down our washing machine, and I I think you said it the best the other day, like, you would rather not have air than not have a washing machine. I would rather not have anything than not have a washing machine, because you're just like... You feel dirty. (sighs) You feel dirty. You do. Well, I don't feel dirty, but I just need my damn clothes. Yeah, and we're all out of them. None of us have clothes. We We don't have towels. We've been using the same towels to, for. I've been using the same towel for four days. Well, that seems out of the shower. Oh, it's yeah. not though. I mean, we have the, the underwear of I'm wearing right now can walk themselves. Okay, you're doing that on purpose. I'm we, not. I'm serious. Okay, but I went to the laundromat because I'm I leave town tomorrow, and then I had to I had to have some clean clothes and some clean underwear and some shirts to wear. Yes. So there's no there's no laundromats in Alpharetta. Shocking, I know. It's hard to find laundromats. Period. I, well, they they have plenty of them in Roswell, which is about ten miles south of us. Uh-huh. Holcomb Bridge Road. Oh, boy. Uh, Splash. Splish and Splash, I think is the name of it. And I got to tell you, I, I wondered when I load my stuff in, I look like a newbie. You know, they're probably all giggling at me. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't know it because I don't speak English. Um, I load everything in. And Donna, I, I, I hit buttons. That I didn't know what I'm doing. I just wanted to, to look like I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I could have very well just run my clothes, my dirty clothes through warm water. For five dollars and seventy five cents, and 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 not put any detergent in them, or, and I would never know the difference. Do they not smell good? They did at the end when I folded, um, mm-hmm. but but going in, I really didn't know what was going to happen. Like mm. I, I left for a little bit because you got like you know you got an hour to kill. You can't just sit there and stare at people. And no, like, no, you got yeah. an hour to kill. So I yeah. left, and I thought, you know what? What happens is suddenly water comes pouring out of the splish and splash laundromat on Holcomb Bridge Road, and it's tied to my washer because I messed something up. Mm. And then there was this lady. It's just. It, it's calming in a way, in a weird way, but then it's also loud and, and obnoxious and kids running around. There was a woman, you know, they have folding tables where mm-hmm. you, when you get done with your drying. And you get that little basket on the wheels. Yep, I love yep. that. And you can fold everything up uh-huh. and put it back in your trash bag. That's right. I took a big black okay. long yep. trash bag. Okay. I was that guy. There's a woman, Donna, that picks up her child that's wearing a diaper. He had to have been nine and a half years old. And she changes it. On the folding table. Stop it. Stop <laughs> What are uh-uh. you thinking? Uh-uh. What are you thinking? You can better, you, you better serve to do it in your car. Or don't, don't bring them. Who, the baby or the, the diaper? The, to the laundromat. Oh, well, maybe she couldn't help it. Yeah, it's it's um, it's hard business, people. And I know what you're thinking. Like, there's services that will pick up your laundry. Yep, they're coming tomorrow. The old ducky doos who's going to pick up me, pricey. me and the girls' pricey laundry. But I know, but you're also not going to be here. Well, that's the problem. You don't want them to pick up wet laundry. Never send out wet laundry. Who would do that? Well, because sometimes it gets stuck in your washing machine, like ours was, you know, and it's, you can't, you can't get it dry because it's so, so, so wet because of, it's, this has just been a mess. Let me just tell yeah, yeah. you. Our bathtub is full of dirty clothes because <laughs> I started tossing mine in there about a week ago. Okay. And, and then you started tossing yours in yeah, the bathtub Yeah, I'm just like, well. whatever, because there's just nowhere to put them all.
there's a video that's going viral of a wedding day. And it is a stepmother who has written vows for her soon-to-be stepson. Vanessa is a nurse in Minnesota. And she married, or is marrying, or married now, but this was back in June. And the viral, the clip's now going viral here in early August. Craig had a nine-year-old son, Henry, from a previous relationship or marriage. The interesting thing about, or one of the many interesting things I think about Vanessa and Craig is that in college, Vanessa dated Craig's roommate. Mm. Here, you're going to hear the vows here that she wrote. 30 seconds. Henry, I know I wasn't there the day you came into the world. I wasn't there for your first steps or your first words, but I promise I will be there for many more of your firsts. Oh my gosh. I promise to love you as if you were my own. And lastly, I promise I'll be the best wife for your dad, and I promise to be the best stepmom I can be for you. Step parenting is a very delicate dance. And a lot of it, I think, depends on the age of the kids that you are getting ready to embrace. You have been a bonus mom. We never in this house, we never used stepmom. Never. Uh, With Will. Will's our 23-year-old son from my first marriage. Uh, Will's living in Knoxville, Tennessee. Works in uh, uh, HVAC and and, and restoration and and, and just uh, has, has, does very, very well with a trade. Went to college for a year. Didn't work out. Does quite well for himself. Very proud of him. We 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 have we raised Will under our roof since he was uh, first grade. We got custody of him then. I was thinking the other day that there are there are a lot of people. There were a lot of people in my circle, um, and this was probably this was before I was pregnant with um, Olivia, because as you said, Will came to live with us. I guess when I was pre- yeah. no no yeah. when I was pregnant with Charlotte. Yes. Yes. Um, there's a photograph of us at Scottsdale Farms doing pumpkins. Right. He got here right around Halloween. Yes, but there were always people who, um, there were a couple people who were almost mad because I would not, not mad, that's probably not the right word, but they didn't understand why I wouldn't always correct and say, and sometimes people would correct me, well, isn't Will your stepson? Because I would never say my stepson, I would say my son. Um, But I was very careful because Will also knew that I was not his mother. Um, And we've talked about this a lot before, but um, I think there were some people who thought that I was supposed to constantly correct him to, you know, to say that he was my stepson. And for me, those were just words. I mean, I, I love this boy from the moment I met him, just like, you know, I had given birth to him, although I completely respected the fact that I didn't. And, you know, I've said a lot of, you know, we've talked about some of the mistakes. We've made a lot of mistakes when we were going through numerous divorce trials and custody trials, but um, we just never, we weren't perfect, but I never lowered myself to say, hey, I'm not your mom. You know, I would what I would say to him at times, I never said like, well, let me finish my sentence. I never, you know, yelled out in anger, you know, I'm not your mom. I shouldn't have to put up with this. And, and listen, there were some really trying yeah, times. Yeah, there were. Um, you know, raising kids, raising teenagers, and it wasn't because he was um, my stepson. It was just, it was raising a teenage boy. Um, and the expectation level and, you know, school and all of that good stuff. But, you know, I did, I would say, you know, as he got older and had questions about certain things, you know, 
I would say you need to ask your mom, you know, ask your mom that. And, and, and I did as he got older, especially when college was coming up, we've talked about before that I didn't go when it was time to move him in because there were some big life moment things that I did defer. And I thought that she needed those moments and, and, you know, she deserved those moments. And so some of them she wanted to participate in and some she didn't. And, and those that she didn't want to participate in, then I'd step right back in. But I always felt like, you know, we should give her the chance for the most part um, to, to do those things. And, you know, we have a great relationship now. We, we, we text a lot and, um, you know, I, I just think, I think back on it all. And I think that if you just always keep your kids, and again, I want to say this does not necessarily have to be in a divorce situation. This can be in just your everyday life. Just put your kids first. And, you know, I always say this, give them some grace. You know, sometimes people just expect so much from kids at a certain age and that you expect them to be at the same level that you are. And I think sometimes, you know, they're just not. They're just still kids. So, um, I mean, as we've said before, there were some really funny things along the way that, you know, when you're involved in really, like, high-pressure custody trials and stuff, you do have to have a little fun with your partner sometimes. So, there was that great time when we, you know, bought him a whistle and told him to go in and wake up his grandparents, whistling, yes, yes. whistle in their ear, you know, uh, the two subpoenas, o'clock in the, the morning. The subpoena's being served as a, in, a, in a pizza box. Subpoenas in the pizza, you know, do, do you want to, um, you know, do you want a ferret as a pet? You know, do you want to take a ferret home to mommy's? You know, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, these were just some, like, funny things that we did that really probably weren't that funny, but we thought they were at the time. So. Well, and, and you have to find community relief <laughs> when, when, you know, it's a high pressure, there's a lot on the line. Yeah, and know? people have said, like, if you could go back and do just one thing differently, what would it be? Um, there's a there's a lot. Okay, and I would agree with that. <laughs> so but just give me give me one. That you the would. biggest one that I would let go of that I was really bad about when he was little were clothes and shoes. Yep. You know, and I know that um, because I felt like we were always spending money, you know, to 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 buy like a certain kind of shoe or or, or whatever, and then you know we would send him you know back dressed really nicely. And the expectation was, I always thought from my end, like those clothes would come back. Maybe, well, you would, I, would, I would agree. Though. You know, you the next time. But I felt like the, she always put him in, they, whoever, always put him in almost like really bad clothes coming to our house. You know, it's kind of like, here's your return stuff, but it wasn't. And it was like. He, we were always chasing a shirt or a pair yeah, of shoes. Yeah, or like the nice stuff had to stay over there. Whereas when we sent him back, I didn't send him back in a pair of pajamas. You know, I sent him back in. If we'd gone to church, then he went back in church. But I know I used to harass you. I did about, can you call her and get our shoes back? You know, because the thing was, we, we, we didn't, you know, there were times when if he went to see her, it may have been two more weeks or whatever, or maybe in the summer or something before he came back and we wouldn't get the shoes back. And, and you know, and now looking back on it, it's a damn pair of shoes. Yeah, but you'd have to, re- we'd have to replace them. Yeah. We'd buy more shoes. You know? Yeah. I mean, that, so I. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, so there were things like that that um, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a lot of regret about me and Will, Will and I's relationship or how I dealt with him. I have some regret on um, letting go of some things that for custody stuff that we probably should have just said, you know what, whatever, you know, it's a wash or whatever. I, I, I genuinely don't look back and feel like I ne- and I never and this is really important to me. I never wanted to look back, and this was not for me. This was for Will. It was not to make myself feel better. I never wanted to look back later, like me right now as an old wretched woman, and be like, 
I just didn't do things with him because he wasn't my son. You know what I mean? He wasn't, I didn't want to be the room mom. It's not my son. What my no, when you were that, you were the room mom. You signed him up yeah. for sports. You signed him up for extracurricular activities. You All would, of uh, that. Yeah. And so that part I'm, I'm really, I feel good about because sometimes you start out wanting to be that kind of person and it's hard to maintain it when you're being just, I mean, yeah. assaulted yeah. and yeah. beat on, not, not literally, but no, I mean, but it just was your, your character yeah, and everything. Absolutely. And, and to him, by the way, yes. to, to this young man, this young kid. Yeah. Um, but I just knew, and I used to say this to you, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I knew if we stayed steady that eventually he'd figure it out, he'd figure it out on his and own. And, and so did. I just kept, you know, I just would always just sort of, you know, take the high road as far as it went with him and, um, just do what, I, and, and honestly, it wasn't like I was doing it to check a box. I was doing it cause I loved being a room mom. I loved participating. And, and, you know, he had, a, he had a really good years with me because I wasn't working you know, at the time. So I had a lot to give. I had, I was young. I had a lot of like energy and, you know, now I'm like, Oh Lord, geez. I thought it was always interesting too, that he took possession of you uh, yeah. literally with your name. Uh, when he would introduce you or talk about you, you know, that's my Donna. This is my Donna, my Donna. He would never say, this is Donna. This is my Donna. Almost like this is my mom. This is my Donna. Yeah. Um, and you were an amazing um, bonus mom to him. And I, I, there's never in a million years that I could tell you thank you for, for all that you did for that little guy. You you played the role, but you also respected his mother, and that was tough to do a lot of times. You know, there were so many things that were done during the custody battles, and that's plural. There were probably four or five of them, and it was stressful, and it was financially draining. Well, I, and I hate it for him. I, you know, I, as, a, as a grown man, I hate it for him because I know that there are a lot of trust issues that come with that. There's a lot of... Frankly, there's a lot of skepticism about women. There's probably a lot of skepticism about families, about uh, just everything, you know. And, um, but there was some of that that couldn't be helped because when you are a pawn in that system and whether you're the one who's aggressively going after the other parent or, defending or you're defending yourself, you don't have a choice. You know, you don't have a choice. Um, and there are things that, you know, there are little God winks that come along where you're like, should I be doing this? And then you'll get kept up at night, you know, especially when someone's little worrying about their safety and, you and know, that's what it was all about them being home alone <clears throat> and what's actually going on. So, you know, as much as I look back on it, sometimes with like, you know, just sadness sometimes for him and some of the struggles that happened between the two families, there was some of it we may have been able to help, but honestly, a lot of it, had to be done. And it wasn't, I'm not saying that to let us off the hook. It's just, if you're in that, and if you're in that right now, again, you know, I say there's somebody listening to this podcast that is either getting ready to go after a spouse, and it's not necessarily just men. It can be women. You know, it's anybody. Or you're on the other end. You're on the receiving end, and you're you're taking the brunt of that. And, you know, it's just really exhausting. But I, I just think sometimes, and, and you have to chip away at it, if you can just somehow get that other spouse just to both of you lay down your weapons easier said than done but yeah. yes try just you keep need, trying you, you owe it to yourselves and you owe it to the the, the, the kids yeah or the, the child to do that same thing thank you donna you're welcome for being a phenomenal bonus mom to my biological son and i think that if we were having an honest conversation with his mother she would say the same thing 
I don't know that she would, but she would. She knows it. She knows that you were that you, you treated Will no differently than you did his his two half sisters. The one thing that I'm also incredibly, incredibly like not proud of because I didn't really have anything to do with it, but I'm so thankful for is like my mom and my whole family really just, you know, they just wrap their arms around Will. Like there, again, there was never any different, you know, like, Oh, well, that's not my real grand. I mean, that was her grandson, you know, just as much as, as the girls were. So if you're a grandparent, you're probably, you know, there's a lot of grandparents and you're listening and you're in that situation. Don't, don't separate, you know, your grandkids by like, oh, well, you know, these are my two grandkids, but this, you know, this is my step-grandson. This is over here. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people say before, this is my step-grandson. You don't need all those titles. You know what, just lead with your heart and don't worry about it. August is birthday month for, for my Donna. Happy birthday to you on what, August the... What day is that? Uh-huh. What day is that? August 19th. That's right. I am a Leo. Can uh, you guess it? August 19th. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Ask for Donna also has an August birthday. Yes. Wolfman, her dad, has an August birthday. I know. We were all Leos. Marilyn, Donna's daughter, has an August birthday. Yes. I was at Gallery Furniture this week in Gainesville. And I said, listen, we got to celebrate the birthday. August is, is birthday month at Gallery Furniture. What are we going to do? And, and Marilyn says, here's what we're going to do. 10% off anything in the store, excluding mattresses. If you have an August birthday and you come in on your birthday. Get out. To shop and purchase 10% off okay. anything in the store. So you need to mark that. You need to put that on your calendar. If you have an August birthday and you've been wanting to get something, even if, if you didn't really have anything in your sights, you got to take advantage of this. I mean, if you are getting like a new couch, a sectional, if you need something, a rug, now's the time to do it. And it's kind of like happy birthday to me. Like you can be like, okay, listen, this is what I really want. I deserve this. Yeah. You do. Yeah, well, and like your husband's like, well, I don't know that we really need that rug. I'm going to get you a curling iron, Brenda. And you're like, I don't want a curling iron. I want my furniture. You don't need him to do it. You go up there and you can get it yourself and you show him your license and you get your 10% off. I love it. Anything in the store. There was a woman that comes in while I'm sitting there and she says, my daughter's going to college. I'm here to look, you know, for a few things. Everybody's helping her out and. Uh, she's walking around looking at some things. I said, where's your daughter going to school? She said, she's going to be a freshman at Georgia. You know, we, we've talked about if you if you have a, someone going back to college, whether it's a dorm or an off-campus apartment, the accessories that you're going to need, the lamps and the end tables and the nightstands and, and, and the mattresses and all that kind of thing. Gallery furniture is a place to go. Absolutely, and they don't want all that stuff. You know how you keep all that crap in your basement? Like, I've got a bunch of it right now, and I've told Olivia, why don't you go down there and see if there's something you want? She's like, I don't want anything down there. It's like a rogue piano bench. And like some, a, some pissed on mattresses. Yeah, and then like a, a a picture with a horse in it. I mean, just like some weird stuff. So I, you know, you don't want your kid. Your kids don't want that. You don't want them to take it. It's probably got tarantulas all over it. I mean, like just go out to gallery and put together what they want. Put together what you want and take advantage. For heaven's sakes, take advantage of this ten percent off birthday deal. They're uh, they're busy. They're busy having some uh, some some record months, record weekends. At Gallery Furniture, Donna was telling me that uh, Sunday is a new Saturday at Gallery. Um, they're open seven days a week. On Instagram, Gallery Furniture, G-A. You've driven by there maybe a hundred times in your life. You've always said, wow, that's, that's the Wolfman and Donna's place. Yes, Donna's still there about seven days a week. We're thankful for the support of Donna and Marilyn and Gallery Furniture since Season 1, Episode 1, January 2020. They've been with this podcast. They delivered the letter 
to your inbox every Saturday morning at 9.10. The letters are weekly e-newsletter component to not only this podcast, but to the radio show. The Afternoon Ride with Cadillac Jack, weekdays 3 to 7 Eastern on the Bear 92.5. Just subscribe for free. Text left on red. R-E-D. Red is the color. No spaces. Left on red. To the number 22828. Hit your inbox. Four-minute read. Fun read. Got uh, about a dozen memes every Saturday. Just subscribe to the, for, for the memes, if nothing else. You can steal them and make them your own. Left on red. R-E-D. Red. No spaces to the number 22828. A lot of speculation about Florida-Georgia line when they decided to split. BK, Brian Kelly, is the Florida half of FGO. Tyler Hubbard is the Georgia half. BK decided, uh, what, about a year ago, to to do a, um, a, a solo project. Tyler is just now releasing new music as a solo artist. He wiped the slate entirely clean. He's with a brand new label. He's not with the label that Florida-Georgia line was on. He's not with the management that Florida-Georgia line was with. That's a huge shift. You listen to an episode of a podcast hosted by nationally syndicated radio host Bobby Bones. Bobby Bones has been in Nashville for 10 years. Uh, he has heard on hundreds, I would imagine, of iHeart Radio country stations nationwide. And he has a podcast on the site called The Bobby Cast. And Tyler Hubbard was a recent guest. I've since listened to it. What was your biggest takeaway? Well, there were a couple. I think we've talked a lot about Tyler Hubbard lately, and I definitely have a little Tyler Hubbard obsession going on right now because I really love the music. And I find what's going on really fascinating because I think there are a lot of duos, um, Sugarland we've talked about before. There are people who have, you know, gone their separate ways. I think this is just a very interesting dynamic because, as you said, BK's kind of doing this beach cowboy type theme. He's doing some stuff down, like some um, sessions. Living, living in a different state. Did yeah. you pick up on that? Where does he live in Florida? He lives in Florida. Okay. Yeah, he lives in Florida. And, you know, he's had like Jimmy Buffett and a couple of people drop by. He's doing these really cool like um, outdoor kind of Saturday sessions, you know, down at um, the surf shack that his wife owns. And they're just kind of doing these backyard things, really chill and cool. And Tyler is coming, you know, he's coming out full force as a solo country music artist. And the music is phenomenal. And there were a lot of things that I found fascinating. You know, the fact that they um, both went to Belmont, and I had forgotten until I heard it um, that his dad, you know, was a helicopter pilot, and yeah, and passed away. You know, whose helicopter it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, there was just a few things that came up like that that I had forgotten, and I think- Did you know BK played baseball at Belmont? I didn't know that. I did not. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's how they kind of got together- and I think there had been so much speculation about, um, you know, what happened. And, and people were saying because during COVID, they were definitely on opposite sides of the political spectrum. You know, BK was very much a Trump supporter. And Tyler, I don't know that he wasn't so much a Trump supporter, that he wasn't a Republican, but he just was not on that side. When you don't give the truth, not, not that there's the truth, but when you don't give the answers— there's just a lot of space to fill in speculation. I'm personally not a political person, so it kind of is just sort of humorous to me. And we've never, up until the election, we never even had any conversations about politics. They can't just say, oh, the guys really just want to have some individuality and do something different. They've been doing this for 10 years. BK really never set his sights on, uh, he, he was not looking for commercial success with country radio with his project. Right. Tyler very much is. Yeah. You know, Five Foot Nine is the current single. It's doing pretty well at radio. 
Well, and he always had, he always was, and I'm sure there are people that would dispute this, but he was always the voice of the band. Of course he was. You know, BK would do some oohs and ahs in the background. But I mean, you know, he really, and he has such a, a recognizable voice. Um, so, I, I, you know, he just said, listen, we, we do not agree all the time. We did not agree all the time on politics, but we were friends and we were okay to disagree. Um, and, you know, he, I thought it was interesting that he said he didn't know when they would get back together, that there wasn't a timetable. How about the fact that Bobby Bones says to him, $1 million. Yes. Are you playing a wedding if someone books you for a wedding? And Tyler Hubbard says, absolutely not. Don't think so. But, but yeah. here, here, here's his reasoning behind that. You yeah. get a million bucks to play a wedding together. Uh, probably not. If you don't cut it off completely, that'll always be there, and it always creates more um, confusion for the fans. They don't know what's going on. We've just decided to completely push pause on all that starting in September. September's our last FGL date. Tyler is doing the Keith Urban tour this fall. Keith's giving him an hour. He's the mid-level act. In other words, uh, Ingrid, uh, gosh. Andrus. Thank you. She's the opening act. Then it's Tyler Hubbard, and then Keith Urban, the headliner. It's Keith's tour. They had a conversation Bobby and, and Tyler in this episode of the Bobby cast about whether or not Tyler was going to play music from Florida Georgia line, play their hits. You know, now that he's a solo artist and he says he doesn't know. First of all, that, that, that that's that, pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's 30 minutes more than most would be given. In I that think position. maybe he could do one or two. And he said he may do ones that he had a hand in, that he was a writer on that means something. It's a missed opportunity for Tyler Hubbard. If during that one hour slot, before Keith Urban, sold out arenas nationwide. If you don't do cruise, if you don't do meant to be, if you don't do just a dash of FGL, I think you're doing yourself big disservice. I think if he didn't have such great music out there and that was all he had to lean on, but um, I've said it before, I think he's going to be one of the top solo country artists in a couple, in a, in a, in a short amount of time. Loose timeline, because I, think, I don't uh, know that I agree with you. I think in a year. I, I think that you could stop 10 people in, in downtown Nashville on a Saturday night and ask them to identify either member by even just first name, BK or Tyler, of Florida Georgia Line. I don't know that three people out of ten could identify them as individuals. Um, and I think that that's what is going to be a, and I don't know that he realizes this, it's going to be one of the biggest challenges for Tyler Hubbard. The association with FGL is not a bad thing. All of that's already there. It's been, been there for ten years. They've been building that for ten years, that equity, that heritage. Why would you not play? An FGL song during during the concert. Why why would you not continue to tag yourself to FGL? He has three kids. He's in a different phase of life. And I thought it was interesting what he said. Like you know, his the audience that grew up with them started out like partying in the clubs and and you know to the the Florida Georgia line and now have kind of evolved and have families and they're not going out every single night and they're you know so I think he's writing about different things now. And well, I, maybe, but if you're going to see a, a if you're going to see Tyler Hubbard in concert as a solo artist. It's because you liked his music with FGL. And so, yes, everyone has grown up. Everybody's got kids. Everybody's in a different place in their life. But for a moment, let's go back to that time period. Yeah. Let's reminisce and let's be nostalgic. Baby, you a song. You make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. When FGL released their first single, Cruise, the station where I worked for 25 years, the former Kicks 101.5 here in Atlanta, we were Tyler Hubbard's hometown station. We weren't playing the song. We were one of the last country stations in America to jump on that song because I forgot who the PD was at the time. He just did not think that they had it, did not like the sound, did not think that they were going to be, didn't think they were going to take off. I remember being harassed 10 years ago by listeners. Really? Absolutely. Who grew up with Tyler Hubbard, you know, him playing 
Buffalo Wild Wings and places around Athens and, and, and Monroe. And it was probably, Donna, a top 20, maybe top 15 hit before we started playing it on kicks. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it's crazy, too. Like, and and they talk, he talked about this, like, how quickly. You kind of forget. They it's got shot out of a cannon, yeah. you know, yeah. and took off. So um, I just I think it's an interesting time right now. It'll be interesting to see kind of what, you know, how it all evolves, what happens. God made her so Five foot nine, Tyler Hubbard. New stuff coming. This Friday, the Alpharetta City Center Concert Series, presented by Hometown Mortgage, presenting The Turn, returns from 6 to 10. I love it. And they are, if you're wondering who The Turn is, they're a classic current and southern rock cover band. So you know they're going to be playing some 38 special. They're going to be playing... All kinds of good stuff. Probably some black crows. I can't even imagine. You're going to be out there jamming. And so just bring your blanket. Bring a chair. You know, bring your kids out. Have them bring a Frisbee. Bring your dog. That's the great thing about Awesome Alpharetta. You can bring your pets. You can bring anything you want and sit on the green. And you get to enjoy all this amazing stuff right there on the green. Two parking garages within two blocks. I mean, hell, the, the one over there across from City Hall is right there literally on the town green. The other's down there coalition on uh, Milton. Absolutely free to park. And the concert's free. Concert's free. Come enjoy dinner before. Get some drinks afterwards. Do dinner afterwards. Great restaurants. Whatever you've been saying. Next time we go out to eat, I won't. I've been craving this. You're going to find this. Whatever this is, you're going to find an awesome Alpharetta at any of the great restaurants in downtown. Yeah, and they've got, um, you know, right down there on the green where you're going to be listening to the music, they've got amazing shops. They've got Kilwin's ice cream. I mean, there is so much down there. So, again, there's something for everyone. If it's date night and you've bumbled yourself into a date and you want to go out there and have a good time out on the green and dance to some great music, this is your place. If you are empty nesters and, you know what, you have just want to walk and have a good time and be in a safe environment and not have to pay a lot of money, this is not a huge ticket price. You know, this is, this is no ticket price. So you can afford to splurge a little bit on dinner because you don't have to pay for parking. You don't have to pay to listen to this music. Um, and if you've got a family, it's also a great place to come to, too. It's completely safe. Your kids can run around out there on the green. Plenty of open space while you put your chair out, come out with your neighbors, and enjoy just a great night of music. Find uh, what the restaurants in downtown Alpharetta have to offer before you, uh, before you come out tomorrow or anytime you want to come out and visit. AwesomeAlpharetta.com. Play a while, stay a while, and find your awesome in AwesomeAlpharetta.com. School bell getting ready to ring for, for boys, I guess, right? When school starts. I don't know the exact date, but they'll be here in a couple weeks. They're getting all their books and all that stuff, getting ready for it. Hampton, Colby, Hawk, and Marion. Uh, is anybody in high school yet? Yeah, Hampton, Colby, 10th grade. Can't believe it. <laughs> Man, my wife Donna likes to say, you know, when she was a young mother, like Jennifer, you have all of these people that are, you know, these not, not older mothers, but mothers that have more experience, more, more years as being a mother, coming to you saying, you know, take your time. You're going to miss this. It's going to go by before you know it. And Donna would say, you know, as a young mom, you're like, hush. You don't know what <laughs> yeah. you're talking about. And, and Donna now is that mother who is coaching, if you will, younger mothers. So mm -hmm. take your time. Oh, yeah. Enjoy it because it's going to fly by. When you get there, you're like, man, how, how did we get here? How did I get here? Because all you think about is yourself at that age when, when you did that. And, and, it, and it's like, like you say, it's like I'm sitting here, like I'm the parent now. 
and watching my child go through, you know, what I went through. And now I know, now I understand my parents a lot more. Through the history of the Braves franchise to get to 500. 20 more years, maybe I'll catch Bobby. Smith just got his 500th win. Love to watch some Braves baseball. Absolutely. Where were you when uh, they, they took the uh, the World Series? I was actually at my parents' house uh, in South Carolina. And two days prior to that, we were at Druid Park <laughs> watching watching us lose. That was the first time we'd ever been to a World Series game, so it was still fun. We got to see Freddie hit his last home run at the Braves. And, yes. you know, so that was uh, pretty special. The story about Freddie and, and the negotiations that, that if you read about it, say they went south because the final offer from the Braves was not communicated to him. And mm-hmm. we, we have to wonder now, here in Atlanta, if, if that final offer had been communicated, would Freddie still be here as an Atlanta Brave? Uh, you deal with, with agents and managers and people, people that from that walk of life all the time as a recording artist. Is it, is it possible that that final offer wasn't communicated to Freddie Freeman and his team? You know, that's a good question. I, I had somebody uh, that has connections that kind of told me that story, and it was I was kind of conflicted when I heard it because I was like, well, yeah, I guess that could happen. But at the same time, you know, when you're paying, you know, agents and different people to represent you and all that, like you expect them to communicate and and, and make sure that they've evaluated every offer on the table and all that kind of stuff. And, and believe me, I've, I've actually had people in my business misrepresent me and I've missed out on certain things because of them. So, yeah, it's, it's absolutely possible. And I can understand how agonizing that had to be for Freddie to know that um, there was a chance that he could have stayed in Atlanta. It, it's definitely possible. There has to be a system of check, checks and balances in, in everything mm-hmm. that you do, in every part of your life. But, you know, we couldn't figure yep. out as Braves fans why Freddie was – and he's an emotional guy anyway. I mean, Freddie's a girl inside, really, and we love him. But he's still <laughs> very emotional. And that weekend that he returned to Atlanta as a Dodger, that first weekend when they gave him the World Series ring, he was so emotional. And and, and we I say we, collective city of Atlanta, all 8 million of us, we, we couldn't figure out – why it was so emotional, and now we, we we believe that it's when he found out that that final deal had not been uh, communicated. Friday night, you will be. About 20 minutes from Alan Jackson's hometown, noon in Georgia. Hank's always singing. Open your. Dude, this one is a treat to all those that call Coweta County home. Josh Turner's aboard the afternoon ride, 92.5 The Bear. One of the most unique stories an artist has ever told me in my entire career. And it was a story about you as a student at Belmont. This was prior to GPS. This is prior to Waze. This is <laughs> yeah. prior, you, know, you had a map. And yeah. you, you mapped your way to Hendersonville, Tennessee, which is where Johnny Cash, the legendary Johnny Cash, the man in black, um, mm-hmm. was living. Before you left your apartment at Belmont in Nashville, you packed up your, what were you driving? Uh, I was driving a 1989 Toyota four-wheel drive truck. There you go. Packed up the truck. <laughs> Four-cylinder. Four-cylinder. Manual Packed. transmission. There you go. See, you, you're there right now in your mind, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're making that trip, and you, mm-hmm. you, you pull into Johnny Cash's driveway. This is a big – this was – um, this is ballsy, Josh Turner. Do you not agree? Uh, looking back on it, yeah. Um, but back then, 
all I could think about was, you know, Johnny had been diagnosed with this neurological disorder, you know, I, and he was up in age, and I didn't know how much longer he had uh, on earth. And so all I was thinking about was I, I, I can't let the opportunity pass me by um, to, to, to meet him, you know, with, before he before he passes. Um like that just wasn't an option so, so it was the that was that was my motivation going into that so you pull into the driveway by the time you get there it's pitch dark you told me that you couldn't i think you told me you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face you walk to the front door you knock you wait nothing you knock again suddenly you see a silhouette approaching the front door door swings open standing there it's johnny cash so when he comes to the door I think he was expecting to see somebody else, not me. And uh, <laughs> so it was uh, the Lord's timing, I think. But we kind of struck up a conversation, and I told him who I was and why I was there, and that I was a student at Belmont, you know, aspiring country singer and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I just told him about me reading his book and being a fan of his and talking a mile a minute. To me, you know, he was a kindred spirit. You know, it's sure. just like these these artists that I look up to and that I admire, like they're human beings too, and and, and they they have their struggles and and uh, it's a hard life. And so I just I just felt like I was there talking to kind of a mentor. He didn't realize he was he was a mentor to me, but that's what he was. I told him I said my heart's beating out of my chest. He kind of laughed at me and he said, "Well, we're all human." And um, I said a few more things and. Finally, he said, uh, I need to go inside and rest. And then he reached his hand out and shook my hand and, and shut the door. And it was like walking back to my truck. I was uh, Freddie Freeman. I just started crying. Became all Freddie Freeman. Listen to Josh Turner. You know, so anyway, <laughs> I just couldn't believe what it was just happened. I mean, right. like that, that thing that I set out to do actually just happened. And, and uh-huh. still to this day, like that was the only chance I ever had to meet him. And you so, didn't ask. You did not ask. You told me you did not ask for a, a picture. You didn't ask for an autograph. It was about you being able to connect um, with, with someone that you respect and someone that you admire and someone that you look up to before uh, before they passed. And he did uh, 2003, I think, with Lost Johnny Cash. Yeah, and I remember the the morning that I woke up that, uh, and I found out that he had died. And I, I cried that morning, too, yeah. because I was so thankful that I took the chance and the risk to go and meet him that day because that ended up being the only time I ever met him. The next day, a farmhand was fired for not locking the gate. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> That'll be in the movie. You turned off Freddie <laughs> Freeman. That's good, man. That's good. Careful on the road. Have a great weekend. I'll see you a week from tonight. Sounds good. All right, thanks, good. Josh. All right, bye. Just to be your man. What would you have done when Johnny Cash swung the door open? I mean, I just don't even know. I would just be like, Johnny? Johnny? Is that that you? Seriously. Can I come in? I think I'd just reach out and give him a big old hug. Do you think he's a hugger? Uh, Was a hugger? I don't think that Johnny Cash was a hugger. Necessarily, no, I don't. He'd be like, hello, little girl. What are you doing on my front? Hello, darling. What are you doing on my front stoop? Hello, darling. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. Oh, yeah. This episode of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act from Keith Urban. 
Capitol Records, Universal Music Group. Florida Georgia Line, Big Machine Records, Tyler Hubbard, EMI, Universal Music Group, and Conway, Decca Records. Our thanks to executive producers Hans Appen and Carl Appen, production assistants from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act part of the Appen Podcast Network. Whoa.